The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Ohio needs nurses now. Xavier University is offsetting the demand by offering individuals with non-nursing bachelor's degrees an accelerated path to the profession. With locations in Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Columbus, our ABSN program enables adult learners like you to earn a respected Bachelor of Science in Nursing in 16 months. So what are you waiting for? There's no better time than now to step up and become a nurse. Search Xavier ABSN to apply. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show with your host, Larry Lease. From the small screen to the big screen, we cover all the latest entertainment news. Join us on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube every weekday. Welcome to an all new episode of the Cinema Gold Show. Today we're giving our review of Snake Eyes as well as Old. So stay tuned check out our review tonight on the Cinema Gold Show. G.I. Joe is back on the big screen with an origin story for Snake Eyes. So let's talk about it. Before we get too far in, let me know your excitement level for the movie today, guys. And if you've seen it, let me know what did you think about it. I'm an 80s kid. I grew up watching the original G.I. Joe cartoon. And all the toys. I used to have a drawer full of G.I. Joes at my mom's house. Except the rubber band that holds them together snap. So it's more of a severed bodies of G.I. Joes. But because I did grow up with G.I. Joe, there's a new G.I. Joe project inherently. I'm a little bit interested and pushes a bunch, bunch of the nostalgia buttons for me. Did this movie actually deliver on the promise of the premise? Is it a nice return to form or another disappointment? Let's get started with the good and probably the best thing about this movie is the cast, Henry Golding. He's one of these actors that's been on the rise for several years now. It's pretty clear he's going to be a big movie star. And in this role, he's able to bring a lot to it. He can be angry, he can be charming, he can be mysterious. And play between all of them nice and smoothly while feeling like a coherent character. And being able to lead a film the size of an established franchise. Everyone else here is quite good too, in particular Andrew Koji, who's the other kind of lead in the film, is Tommy, who's the friend who brings Snake Eyes into his family. They have a real nice dynamic between the two of them, but as you bring this like intensity and sincerity to what he's trying to do, you feel the hurt and pain as certain things happen to him all throughout the film. Everyone's enjoyable for the type of film that we're watching here, other than 
other kind of surprise here is there's a lot more complexity to the story than the characters and I was expecting. It's very much this world where no one's fully good, no one's fully bad. There's a lot of people lying to each other, different factions trying to manipulate other people to try and get what they want. So it's not as straightforward of a narrative or as clear of a good guy, bad guy situation as I was expecting, or that you normally get from G.I. Joe. Or normally it's pretty obviously G.I. Joe for Cobra. It's not quite that simple here. And along those same lines, when I was first watching, I thought the movie was jumping through plot points a bit too quickly. And then you realize all of these little detail plot points actually matter for the grander narrative that they're building. That it's all interconnected in some sense and in certain ways. In general, I tend to enjoy origin stories with a bunch of training sequences. That's what this movie is. So I was able to connect with it pretty well on that level. And likewise, I enjoyed kind of the atmosphere of the film. Tokyo, Japan setting, they had a lot of vibrant environments that were just interesting to look at. But different at the same time. You have the camp of the clan versus Tokyo itself. Just had a little bit of variety while all of it being vibrant and interesting. And the story moves quick enough, has enough action sequences that I was never bored while watching the film, and there weren't any particular parts why I felt like it was dragging. All that said, there are quite a few problems here. So let's move on to the mixed aspects of the film. And the big thing here is that I think this movie would have worked a whole lot better if it wasn't the Snake Eyes origin story and connected to G.I. Joe and narrative. But that's about this loner who gets swept up into this criminal underworld of the Yakuza and these rival clans, where his loyalties are pulled in different directions because of his past, as well as his current friendships. That stuff was interesting, I just don't think it worked all that well. Or it didn't work as well as an origin story for Snake Eyes, which we'll cover in a bit. But there's a lot of interesting stuff there that it just, as I was watching, I was never thinking, yeah, this feels like Snake Eyes. So while I did enjoy good bits of the movie in general, I don't think it worked at all as a G.I. Joe movie. With that said, let's move on to the bad. And the first thing you have to talk about here is that the fact this is an action movie, and the action for the most part, is really bad. And the frustrating part is I think the choreography itself was probably pretty good. But this is one of the worst examples of close-up shots with a shaky cam choppily cut together. So you can't decipher anything that's taking place. Much of the trailer showcases this chase sequence of motorcycles and semi-trucks with these wide shots. And I think the reason those are showcased so heavily in the trailers is the rest of the action in the movie is incomprehensible. It starts off with this cage fight and it's just this camera moving around like this where you can't tell at all what is happening. Next big gigantic problem here is that Snake Eyes is simply not a likable character. In this movie, Henry Golding is charismatic, and therefore he can come off as charming at certain points. That's entirely because of the talents of Henry Golding. But as the character is written, he makes so many selfish choices that progress the conflict of the story, not the resolution. That it's difficult to root for him at all, or care what happens to him. Because of that, his journey, his character arc, simply didn't work for me in this film, even as he starts to become the hero that we know. It's not really even driven by a change of character. It's just a redirection of what was motivating him. Before so, by the time you get to the end of the movie, you're rooting for Tommy and all these other characters so much more. So, then our lead character, and because of that, at no point in time in this movie, 
Does he feel like Snake Eyes, the noble G.I. Joe? He just feels like a selfish loner on his own mission. That eventually kind of lines up with these other people. And that's where if this hadn't been a G.I. Joe movie, and it was just generic criminal underground movie with stylized action and some over-the-top moments, I think it would work better because at the end of the movie, you could choose which characters at the end of the day you were rooting for. When you call it Snake Eyes and you make him the G.I. Joe and apply all sorts of other things about Cobra and then it's so ambiguous about and Snake Eyes, it's kind of a jerk. That's an odd choice. And then to state the obvious, Snake Eyes is the G.I. Joe famous for always wearing his helmet, never revealing his face, and not talking in this movie. Henry Golding's face is prominently on display from beginning to end. And he's talking all the time. There's an obvious disconnect between the character that they're adapting and what's put on screen here. I'm going to discuss some things really quick that kind of fall into the category of spoilers. They're not really plot points, but they are displayed in the marketing in a misleading fashion. So if you don't want to know anything, skip ahead. This part that's in black and white. Three, two, one. The trailers heavily show this shot of Snake Eyes putting the helmet on, putting the visor on, and driving off. That's the first time in the movie that he wears the Snake Eyes costume, and it's the last shot in the movie. Like Snake Eyes, if you go to see the character that you know from the cartoon and from the toys and everything, that is not in this movie whatsoever. But they're heavily marketing the film with that imagery on the posters, because they know that's what people want. And that seems like they're kind of acknowledging the fact that they know they aren't delivering what the audience actually wants with this movie. So they're using every single frame of what people want him in that costume in the marketing, as well as on all the posters, and I think that's inherently dishonest. Alright, no more spoilers. And that's the big frustration here, is that it seems like they knew exactly what audiences wanted, and they like deliberately didn't deliver it, and when you have a character named Snake Eyes that's nothing like Snake Eyes, it feels like you undermine the entire reason that your movie exists. Real quick, before I give you my final thoughts on this one. Be sure to join me down below in the comments section. What did you think about Snake Eyes? I'd love to hear. I thought it was an interesting story with complex characters with competing motives inside of themselves and a bunch of really solid performances. But as an action movie, the action is not good. It's indecipherable, and as a G.I. Joe film, I think they totally missed the mark and didn't deliver at all what Snake Eyes fans want to see from a Snake Eyes movie. Overall, it's a C plus on the entertainment scale. I'll actually go 7 out of 10, but this is a movie you can just wait to rent it. If you're interested in the property in general, if you enjoyed this review and want more, check us out on YouTube and subscribe to us on our all podcast platforms. And now, our review of old. M. Knight has returned to the big screen with his latest high-concept thriller, Old. So let's dive in. In old, several families attempt to escape a beach when people start dying, and they notice the children have aged several years. M. Knight is an interesting director because he's made some of the best thrillers in the last 25 years with the most shocking twist endings. He's also made some of the worst wide-release films of the last 15 years, and he's made stuff in between. But the thing is, whether his movies are awesome, awful, or just kind of meh, right there in the middle, they're always interesting and worth talking about. Where does old fall on the M. Night Shyamalan spectrum? I'll let you know in just a second. But, as always, join me down below in the comments section 
let me know your take on this film. What did you think about old? Is it awesome, awful, or somewhere in the middle? I'd love to hear your take on it. Let's get started talking about the movie. Normally I sort my movies into the movie reviews into the good, the mixed, and the bad. But I don't feel like that's the best way to structure a review of a film like this. So I'm just going to talk about the different pieces of it in general. Kicking things off, one of the things M90 is really good at is coming up with these catchy, high concepts for films. And I think you get another one of those. Where people go to a beach and they start to age very quickly. That inherently kind of sticks in your brain. Makes you go, oh, what would happen? And the movie explores that from a bunch of different angles. By having children there, having old people there, and people with various medical conditions. So it kind of plays out the scenario of all the horrifying things that could take place. If you have certain health conditions, or a child who suddenly has the thought process and goes through puberty in a matter of hours, how would that play out? And there's a bunch of interesting ideas like that inside of the film. And at the same time, it feels like the movie's only surface level in its exploration of these concepts. They're all just there to set up the next horrifying situation, rather than to kind of tell a cohesive, full story, or exploring ideas. It's only there to set up the thrill, to scare the shocking moment, and a big reason for that is the movie doesn't go in-depth with any of the characters we basically know. One or two things about their personality, one or two things about their backstory, and those are just used to set up one situation that plays out later on in the movie for each of these different characters. But it never goes deeper than that. No one really has a significant character arc. There's not really a complex story. Here, it's just the basic premise that you got from the trailer of people are stuck on this beach, they're getting old, and horrifying things are happening because of that. Is it as deep as this movie goes, but on that level, there are a bunch of horrifying situations. Whether it's kind of body horror with the way the aging affects certain people with certain conditions, or the idea of what children would do if they went through puberty in a very short period of time. There's some very uncomfortable ideas that play out, but they're supposed to make you uncomfortable. A movie like this is supposed to be unsettling, you think about some of the stuff, but then other moments elicit laughter rather than shock and horror. When it sh would show like a dead body or what happened to someone, it's so on the nose, it's so overt that instead of horrifying people, they giggled because it was so uncomfortable at, at how awkward the execution was at the same time. I wasn't bored by the movie. I was invested enough in the story that I cared about what, who was going to survive and why and who was going to die next. So I was invested somewhat in the film. Speaking of the concept, it felt like there was a very inconsistent set of rules here. And something that's just... It's very difficult to have a movie where everyone is aging very quickly. And to play that out in a proper, realistic fashion. But I don't feel like they made nearly a big enough effort to try and consistently visualize what they would look like. So it just seemed like things happened because the script needed it to happen. Sometimes things that happen incredibly fast... Other times it felt very slow. You would see age differences and then especially the rules as to why they can't leave. I don't think they gave nearly a good enough explanation as to what was going on with some of them. So it's just frustrating when you have a movie with such a simple concept, you need to have defined rules that are applied consistently so that you actually buy into the scenario. And I didn't fully buy into it. Of course, with an M. Night movie, you have to talk about the twist and the great M. Night Donnellan twist there's ones you don't see coming, but seem incredibly obvious on second viewing. 
they pull together the story, the character arcs, the themes perfectly. It ties them up in a nice little bow. That ends the movie on such a satisfying note. And where you almost have a 1 plus 1 equals 3 effect. Because the movie worked before the twist. But the twist is awesome. And when you put the two together, it just elevates everything to the whole new level. And then there's the other type of M. Night twist. The bad ones, that one where you get to the end, learn what's really going on. And it makes the entire thing feel like this hollow, pointless exercise. Where there was no possible way that you could have predicted the twist finale. And it doesn't really add up to much. Anyways, it's just this out-of-nowhere turn of events that reinterprets things. But not in a way that brings meaning to anything that took place along the way. It just feels like the whole movie was misdirect for the purpose of setting up a twist ending. But the two really don't, don't go together all that well. And unfortunately, this movie kind of falls into the bad category. It's not completely embarrassing. It didn't ruin the movie for me. But it was like, oh, okay, that's what was going on here. Instead of answering the questions I wanted answered or reinterpreting it in a way that would be satisfying. It answers this other question. I was like, okay, that's all this was all along? Okay, cool. Now I know the big reveal, essentially. Highlights the fact that the movie was always just surface level. There was nothing down below. It was just a series of setups that have these shocking, horrifying images. And it's mostly pretty effective at delivering some of these images and disturbing ideas. But as a whole, it's not a very satisfying experience, and unfortunately one that doesn't have any depth to it. Before I give you my final thoughts on the movie, join me down below in the comment section. Where do you place this one on the M. Night spectrum? Is it awesome, awful, or somewhere in between? Like so many M. Night thrillers in the last 15 years, it's got a great central concept, some shocking moments here and there, but with a superficial treatment of the concept and a twist that feels like it came out of nowhere, this is on the lower half of M. Night's filmography. Overall, it's only a C on the entertainment scale, ranking it uh, 5.5. And if you're an M. Night fan, just rent this one or wait until it shows up on streaming. And that's all we have for this episode of the Cinema Gold Show. Join us tomorrow for another all-new episode. Thanks for watching and listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Cinema Gold Show. Find us on Instagram at the Cinema Gold Show. And be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms. for watching the cinema gold show if you liked what you heard subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms follow us on twitter at cinema gold show and like us on instagram at the cinema gold show support the show by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash cinema gold as always thank you for listening Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.